Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, where every week we debunk the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding. And today I have with me my guest, Diane Barr. Diane, welcome to the show. Thank you, Marie, for having me. Let me tell you a little bit about Diane. She is a certified speech-language pathologist and infant massage instructor, and she is a visionary with a mission. For almost 40 years, she has treated children and adults with feeding, motor speech, and mouth function problems. While she is a speech-language pathologist by training, she has also honed her skills as a feeding therapist, published author, international speaker, university instructor, and business owner. She maintains a private practice, writes articles for a variety of publications, and she's frequently interviewed for radio programs and magazine articles. Diane is the author of the textbook, Oral Motor Assessment and and Treatment, Ages and Stages. She is also the author of two parent professional books, Feed Your Baby and Toddler Write, Early Eating and Drinking Skills Encourage the Best Development, and also another book, Nobody Ever Told Me or My Mother That, Everything from Bottles and Breathing to Healthy Speech Development. So, as you can imagine, Diane has plenty to help us with here today. Uh, She's really a very interesting woman because she has combined so much knowledge from multiple disciplines, as you can tell. So, Diane, we know that the various parts of the human body develop at different times, in utero, during the newborn period, during infancy, and and into childhood, and eventually into adults like we are now. Right. Uh, But uh, can you tell us about body positions and the development of the baby's core, and how does all this relate to feeding skills? Right. So this is something that uh, many parents aren't aware of today, and it's not the parent's fault, and the pediatricians may not be aware of it either, uh, because movement actually develops from the body out. So when you said the core... Um, we have various positions that we put babies into, and we, we actually have checklists, a literature-based criterion reference checklist that tell us what the baby should be doing when being held, what the baby should be doing in tummy time. I put that checklist in the new book, the 2018 one, uh, what the baby should be doing on each side, as well as what the baby should be doing on the back. But in this day and age, with parents being on the move, uh, baby and baby sleeping on the back because mm-hmm. of the American Academy of Pediatrics requiring yes. that, the uh, we have... Right. We have babies who are spending an inordinate amount of time on their back. So parents need to, I just talked with a a family yesterday afternoon, parents need extra help uh, with their typical babies 
uh, as well as babies with Down syndrome or, or any babies, with getting these positions. And breastfeeding actually really helps because with breastfeeding, babies get a variety of positions and you can breastfeed pretty much in any position. So if you don't have movement in the body like side side um, uh, or what we call diagonal movement in the core, and a lot of this is developed during tummy time, um, or if you don't have development from the head to the tailbone, that kind of thing, you're not going to get those same kinds of movements, rotary movements, one I didn't mention, in the mouth which the mouth has what we call fine motor function. Mm. Uh, The mouth, the use of vision, the use of hands, all fine motor function. So, uh, and a colleague of mine and I are an occupant, she's an occupational therapist who also is an infant massage instructor. Uh, We are working to develop some pamphlets to help parents with this process. Mm. Good for you. Uh, no, no grass growing <laughs> under your feet, I can tell that. So, well, we, we actually talked to the American Academy of Pediatrics already oh, because, uh, you know, they like putting out those little pamphlets to help parents do those things. And pediatricians, parents come in here mad at their pediatrician, well, well, but the thing well, is well, the pediatrician doesn't know these kind of that. details, so well, it would be great to, to have that yeah. to hand out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Let's move from the core and various parts of the body to specifically the oral cavity. Now, you said in your book on page, I believe, two, and I quote, It is. Good mouth development is extremely important for health and well-being of a baby. The mouth is not only the route to good nutrition, but it is an area through which a child will gather information about the world and ultimately learn to express himself or herself through speech. Okay, so let's just focus on the mouth and the throat for a few minutes. Yeah, what are sure. the characteristics of the mouth and the throat that are normal? I know okay. you list 11 in your book. Right, I'll go over that. I just want to mention, if you watched your baby in utero on sonography, uh, you saw your baby putting his or her hands and feet oh. To the mouth. mouth. Yes, so there's a real hand-mouth connection, and uh, much of this development happens in the first two years. So let's go to page 11, um, and there's limited open space in the baby's mouth as a newborn. Now, a newborn is different than a one-month-old, than a two-month-old, than a 12-month-old. So that's why I created these checklists for parents. So parents would have the information we as therapists know, and they can be sure their baby stays on track. Danielle, I want to interrupt yes, you for one sure. moment. Um, sure. When, when I say newborn, and I, I know that parents don't always yeah. use this the way I do, I use the classic definition of from birth to 28 days. Is that your definition? Yes, exactly. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. okay. So um, she's differentiating basically between yeah. the baby that is less than a month old versus more than a, right. a month old. That's sort right. of a shorthand way to look at it. Yeah. yeah. So that's a, that's a fine way to look at it. Um, while there will be some, that baby will be growing during those first 28 sure. days. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> and hopefully the baby was full term. <laughs> oh, <laughs> or hopefully, clo- yes. Or, and close to term, but we can talk about the problems that happen with that. 
But a, a full-term newborn baby should have the throat and mouth structures fairly close together so they're safe for feeding. They have These days they have a retreated lower jaw, most of them. That's more of what we think of as an epigenetic change. Uh, Kevin Boyd, who's a dentist and anthropologist, talks about the skulls of babies 200 years ago that didn't have the retreated lower jaw. Ah. And so we think it's our our wholesale feeding practice uh, with bottles uh, and our our move to softer foods that may have caused this. But that doesn't mean we can't rectify the situation. Uh, There are ways to take care of it. The roof of the mouth should be a broad U-shape and should stay that way. And the baby's tongue should rest in the roof of the mouth to help keep that. So that's why we don't want pacifiers in there a lot. And I'll give you pacifier guidelines if you want them. Um, But there are other things babies can do with the mouth. And certainly breastfeeding helps to keep the palate shape if it if the baby is doing it properly and really drawing the mother's breast deeply into the mouth that helps to keep the palate yeah. shape because yeah. the palate is flexible and movable at birth because that baby hopefully came through the birth canal but some of them didn't but that's one reason it's flexible and movable and it'll be flexible and movable uh, for a while we want babies nose breathing from birth so babies actually if we look at Christian Guimano, who recently passed, if we look at his work, he was an ENT at Stanford and did a lot of work in breathing. If we look at his work, he talks about the turbinates, which are structures in the nose, uh-huh. uh, shrinking like right after birth so that baby has a nice you know, open nasal area to breathe through. And then there's a chemical that is created. We see it within an hour after birth through nose breathing called nitric oxide. And that, uh-huh. not, not nitrous, but nitric. Oh, right, right. I think it's <laughs> and that helps with uh, oxygen absorption and stuff like that. So mouth breathing isn't uh, something that we want. And so the baby's tongue is deeply cupped if like the baby's suckling on a finger. But really what we know now from Elad, Kathy Jenna, who's going to be here this weekend, and others, is that babies are born sucking the way they're going to suck for life. According to Ashley Montague, who is an or was an anthropologist, he's passed on. He studied a lot of indigenous cultures and breastfeeding, and he said that the gums actually enlarge a little bit, probably because they fill with blood, uh, to help keep the latch, um, you know, with the baby. And sucking pads are the biggest thing I'm not seeing. I think this is an epigenetic change. People think because a child has cute chubby cheeks, they have sucking pads. Well, let me tell you, if you can put your finger in that baby's cheek and pull it out like your cheek, there's not a sucking pad. Uh, Sucking pads are balls of fat in the cheeks that provide the lateral stability. I have a good video. Um, Actually, anybody who's listening can contact me and I will give you an e-course on on newborn infant mouth development, talking specifically and showing you what happens. If a baby doesn't have sucking pads, that's when, Marie, you're getting your humping and bunching of the tongue rather than your cupping and grooving. And then the eustachian tubes run from the back of the throat to the middle ear space. For breastfeeding, that's not a big deal because the pressures in breastfeeding are very balanced throughout the whole system. And very For bottle feeding... 
It's it's yeah. definitely we need to use a more upright position for the baby and paste bottle feeding if we're doing bottle feeding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, do you want to know about the newborn characteristics in terms of what the face should look like? I. Uh, I always want to know these things, Diane, but, but hold on just one minute. Okay. <laughs> hold on just one minute. Uh, I'm just going to tell everybody this is hugely fascinating. And uh, hold on because I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm here today with my guest, Diane Barr, and we will be right back after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. 
Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm here today with Diane Barr. I just want to let you know that without you, I would not have a podcast at all because I'd just be talking to myself. And in this case, <laughs> Diane would be talking to, to me. But anyway, I'd just like to tell you that I would love to see all of you in person. If you've ever had even the remotest interest in becoming an international board-certified lactation consultant, there's no time like now, and there's no place like sunny, fun-filled Orlando. And <laughs> if you get the winter doldrums, don't let the, the snowfall and all that stuff get you down. Register now to get the early bird special price for my comprehensive lactation course. It carries all 90 credits that you need for your IBCLC, and I will be happy to see you in Orlando. I'd probably be happy to see you like anywhere on the street, but anyway, it's more fun there. So come to the course or stay late or bring the family and go to Disney World. And if you can't come to Orlando, I will be in other cities and I always have my course 24 hours a day online. So Diane, if you can pick up where you left off, please, as we were talking about those uh, 11 points. Okay, and I'm also teaching in Florida uh-huh. in February, and the all the IBCLCs listening, you're welcome to come. So yeah. I I get a lot of IBCLCs in my course. Just and now we know why. Yes. So beautiful newborn facial characteristics. Actually, babies are born more like we are as adults in terms of across the eye, a nice broad eye area. Uh, The center corners of the eyes should line up with the widest part of the nose. They have a nice straight lip line. The only thing that's different in baby, and we want to keep that. Um, you don't yeah. want narrowing happening. So with breastfeeding, that helps to keep that broadness. And, of course, the nose breathing that's so important. The only difference in the baby these days is that retreated lower jaw. And I have a really good article on mastication, building bone, and forming bone, if anybody wants that. And also, I have lots of jaw activities you can do with the baby from birth that are fun. Uh, (laughs) I don't want to turn parents and even my lactation people. Uh, I never work without a lactation consultant, and I video everything I do. Uh, So there's always an IBCLC on board with me, uh, which is really helps me because I don't want to do your job and you're not doing my job. (laughs) And so I... Collaborative practice. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, And pediatric dentists, ENTs, you know, all of them. We have them all on our team these days. Uh, And of course, the baby and the parent are very important. Um, So some crucial factors uh, with airway developing well. We want nose breathing from birth. We want a full set of sucking pads. We want that broad palate, and we want to release any restrictions as soon as possible. Um, And so that's our lactation people are the ones who can really identify that and then get to the pediatric dentist or the ENT um, to make that change. And then the sucking pads we already talked about, they are crucial for lateral support um, in the mouth. If they're not there, however... 
all is not lost. So some of our, in, in Baltimore, we thought, well, you know, a lot of our babies were scheduled births. So we didn't oh, know if uh-huh. they were what we called fully cooked or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, um, and so most of the time when the lactation people brought their babies in, the children were missing their sucking pads. That can be easily remedied by giving carefully applied cheek Support. support. Yes, you're you're not squeezing the cheeks because that's one reason NICUs has stopped using uh, the cheek support because so many different people are feeding the babies and you have to just be someone who's skilled at bringing in those cheeks carefully. It's more of a motor plan than anything and just closing down the system. Um, So like I said, if anybody wants the free e-course, you'll see a video that shows you what's happening there. I just want to point out that when Diane says uh, jaw, uh, uh, cheek support, what she means is support. She doesn't mean um, (laughs) messing with it. Okay. It should not be intrusive, I guess is what I'm saying. It should be supportive. Right. It's just, it's called the dancer hold in your profession. And I have a modified for babies that are feeding and side lying. um, I have a modified dancer hold where we just support the lower cheek because of gravity Mm -hmm. and gravity supporting the upper cheek. So some, it's not, like you said, it's not invasive at all. So do you want to talk about latching? Problems. Oh, I do. Oh, I do. I do want to talk about latching. <laughs> okay. Um, so latching and bottle feeding is different than breast. And I usually leave it up to you guys know more about bottles than I do. I have a few bottles that, you know, we've gone to over the years as feeding therapists. But usually if a baby needs to be supplemented by a bottle or another type of feeding method, as Kelly Mom has great information on that, um, you know, it's the lactation person that's already got the supplementing going by the time they come to me. Yes. Uh, and and sometimes we will change the bottle because I keep different types of bottles uh, in my office. Uh, but we work together on that. Um, so if the baby isn't latching properly on a bottle, again, guess what? Not squeezing the cheeks, but carefully applied cheek support and you press into the cheeks and you bring your fingers slightly forward for the lip flare. Now, the lip flare on the bottle is different from the breast. So there are, with the bottle, babies are mostly using cheeks and lips, which is why babies can uh, bottle feed sometimes when they're not able to breastfeed as well as we want them to. With breastfeeding, however, it's a whole different process than bottle feeding. Babies will, they evert the lower lip, so the mentalis muscles, which are under the lower lip, or the or, what we call the orbicularis or orbicularis or orbicularis. Yes, okay. yep, yep. <laughs> And Not- so the, these mentalis muscles push the lower lip, you know, into the flare that we're looking for. Sometimes our breastfeeding babies have a fairly flat top lip. Um, so I was just talking to parents yesterday and everybody assumes that the lip flare should be the same for the breast and bottle, which should be like this with the cheeks and lips on like, you know, around, um, but some babies can breastfeed very well 
with the upper lip more relaxed, they're really engaging the mentalis muscles under the lip. And the other thing that's most important, and I was so proud of this mom yesterday that I talked to, she had uh, breastfed and they, the baby needed uh, both a lip release and a tongue release and didn't get this at birth. So she worked with her lactation consultant and body workers and pediatric dentist. Um, and the fact is when, when people breastfeed, uh, they are activating the jaw elevators and depressors, especially a muscle called the masseter, oh, which yeah. is mm-hmm. crucial for chewing later on. And babies are born with something called a, a phasic bite response where we can, so if you're bottle feeding your baby, we tend to have the parents activate the masseters with the fleshy part of their finger uh, just to get that activated. Because if you're not breastfeeding, you're only going to get cheeks and lips. And then that leads into often an immature swallowing pattern. Diane, I want to go back a minute to the the bit with the lip, the upper lip. Yes. Because I think I am as well read of the breastfeeding literature as anybody I know, but I have never seen it ever proven that that baby needs to flip out that upper lip. Right. I know that we all teach it, and I teach it, and I do feel reassured when I see that. But (laughs) is it, I mean, is it really necessary, or is that just one of those things that Seems good, but there's no proof of yeah. it. Help me with this. Well, let's talk about Kathy Jenna's book, uh, which oh, yeah. is like an anthology supporting yeah. sucking skills. She has a beautiful way of describing uh, getting the suck. Uh, and, of course, the baby being, if they don't have uh, tethers uh, or ties, uh, the baby should be able to... Uh, They have an anterior tongue response. It's been called many things, but this is what I choose to call it. So when the mom puts the baby to the breast, the anterior, the front of the tongue, comes out. It grasps the breast, and it pulls it in deeply. The mentalis muscles evert the lower lip, and then the jaw... This is how your masseter, your jaw muscles get worked. The jaw moves up and down with the front of the tongue. And this is in the ELAD article. Um, So then the back of the tongue has that wave-like motions. So it's a much more complex way of doing it. If your baby flares the upper lip during breastfeeding, fine. Fine. But, But don't worry so much if you're getting a deep latch and you're getting a good latch. Um, and that upper lip is not as flared because you don't have mentalis muscles in your upper right, lip. Right, right. Well, <laughs> thank you, Diane. That is hugely reassuring to me because, like I said, if I see it, I know that's a good sign. I'm sort of reassured. But if everything else is going well and the mother is comfortable and the baby is getting good transfer and all is well, I just don't mess with that upper lip thing because... Right. I don't think it's, you don't think it's critical either. Well, you know, I've just worked with a lot of very educated uh, lactation consultants. So, you know, they would, they knew all the stuff I would teach. And I only, and mine here now are educated as well. So I only get the babies that are having difficulties. And it's usually not the upper lip. It's usually, it's usually (laughs) jaw grading. 
Yeah. Uh, so we there are certain things we do for jaw grading with the phasic bite response and, uh, you know, working the mentalis muscles. Okay, that makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Hey, everybody, don't go away. I am here today with Diane Barr, and we are going to be right back after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm here today with Diane Barr. Uh, Diane, I want to talk to you about those babies that have especially tight lips. They look somewhat pursed. Like if it was a purse, you would draw the strings together. That's Mm -hmm. how they look. How does this affect breastfeeding? Oh, 
Are you talking about at birth they're they're looking that way? Yes. Or or they develop into that bow shape. Either okay. either one. Either okay. one. Yeah. Right. Right. So with those kids, I would make sure I check for lip and tongue restrictions uh, because that lacks upper lip (laughs) Uh over time is usually related to what we call a tongue thrust swallow, which is never normal. I mean, from birth, because of Kathy's work and Eli's work and others work, we know that that baby is, should be born with the suck they're going to use for life. And for that, life. Yeah. Yes, and that yeah. lip should not become lax. Uh, and if it's tight, we do, if it's not, say, you have it evaluated. and Because uh, I, don't, I don't diagnose tongue tie or lip tie. I actually um, go in and I feel if it's tight. And then I send them to a provider that I trust. <laughs> Sure. Uh, so, you know, and of course the IBCLC is there too. So we, we decide together, but there are things called Beckman facilitation techniques, also myofascial release. I'm a fully trained body worker and I did that even though I don't use it a whole lot. I send them to a body worker, uh, cause I'm involved in feeding and motor speech, uh, and mouth development. But there are different techniques that can release a tight upper lip if, say, a child has been using that upper lip ineffectively and they've developed some tightness, like in the fascia, which covers the muscles. So, you know, I just said that yesterday. I said, have your body worker, who's a craniosacral person and and an osteopath, go in and work directly in your baby's mouth uh, because they're trained to do that. What about the baby that develops this more pursed lips afterwards? Is that different? Over time, if they have a bowed lip, and I show this in my full course, that child is usually not using their lips. Now, that can have to do with feeding. Um, If the parent isn't spoon feeding properly, uh, you know, once we get to that four to six months age, Um, now, the World Health Organization says we wait till six months. Uh, it doesn't matter to me. The American Academy of Pediatrics say because we have a safe food supply, we can introduce foods at four to six months. But if the parent is tipping the spoon up and scraping food, then that upper lip doesn't have to work. And that could also cause that lax upper lip. Okay. Interesting. Okay. I hadn't thought about the, the, right. the spoon aspect. Yeah. Yep. No, sometimes I'm so focused on the breastfeeding that I'm just not thinking about those other things. I'm just kind of, <laughs> you know, who I am. But uh, Diane, also in your book, you talk about the importance of the fact that the baby should be closing their mouth when they are doing an activity with their mouth. Right. Eating right. Um, could be one of those things. Why is this so important? Okay, well, let's talk about, do you want to skip baby body language or go there and then we'll talk about the different feeding things where the baby's closing the mouth? Sure, sure. So with the mouth, um, so let's go to spoon feeding since we just talked about that. Um, When you spoon feed, 
Um, there And this is all in both of my books, uh, the 2010 and the 2018. Uh, the one thing the 2018 doesn't have is the speech development characteristics, which we're seeing a lot of late developing speech characteristics in our children because they're not getting the postural control. Right. <laughs> but anyway, so talking about feeding, there's an appropriate way to spoon feed. What you do is you get something like a small maroon spoon, which was has been made for us as feeding therapists, and it has a shallow bowl. And then when you're spoon feeding, you place the spoon into the baby's mouth, and then you let the baby's mouth and jaw close, and you remove the spoon level so that we get those closed lips and we're not doing any scraping off the gum or the upper lip or anything like that. By about eight months, uh, sorry, by about eight months, <laughs> the baby will start to really actively use the upper lip and start to remove food from the spoon if the baby has been given this opportunity. At rest, the baby's mouth should be closed while they're using their hands and different things. And open mouth posture is problematic because it leads to a low tongue position and then the tongue is not helping to keep the palate shape so at rest when the baby's using the hands or doing something else other than um, vocalizing or eating (laughs) that baby's mouth should be closed at rest and that child should be nose breathing mouth breathing there are lots of articles on how detrimental that is to the health of a child including heart problems whoa Yes. So, Diane, help me with this. Um, It seems to me that when I see a baby who has got his mouth opened at inappropriate times, okay, it seems to me that that baby also has low muscle tone. Yes. Oh. Do those things go together? Yes. Okay. And we're seeing too many too many children with low muscle tone. Yep. Now, I'm on the low side of normal, but I had special circumstances, you know, with my mother's pregnancy and delivery and all. Um, and so there are a lot of people on the low side of normal. But I was just speaking with a pediatrician, a holistic pediatrician, who interviewed me in L.A. Uh, and so... He said he is seeing so many babies who should have typical muscle tone coming in who have who are born with low muscle tone. And so that really impacts, you know, that jawbone is really heavy, especially when you're yeah. sitting them in a car seat or whatever. And you guys, you guys are the best at car seats. I mean, you make sure that child's getting oxygen uh, when you fit a car seat to them so that they're not collapsing over their airway and having hypoxic episodes. But the problem with low muscle tone, and so this is the reason why a lot of parents who have babies with Down syndrome, they'll use something like the Owlette, um, which goes on the baby's foot and monitors the baby's oxygen. Because if a baby has low muscle tone and they're on their back, a lot and in containers a lot containers meaning car seats baby seats swings uh we don't know if they're having hypoxic episodes i mean you check that with the car seat before you let them leave the hospital usually but you know uh that's that's the real concern with all this low muscle tone that we're seeing and so the pediatrician said you know his own child uh, had that, and so it was. It was partly metabolic, and then it was partly 
what they had to do in terms of positioning. Remember I said there's there's development in being held or baby wearing. There's uh, in the core. There's development in each side, lying on each side. There's development on the tummy. And, and it's specific. I mean, we month by month should be doing specific things. And mer- many parents don't know about don't this. Know about we have some good resources that us as professionals, like uh, Lois Bly's work. She's a physiotherapist. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. And also uh, Shirley German Volby's work from Canada. So then, I don't want to belabor this too much, but it just, okay. it, it feels to me like the low muscle tone and the baby having his mouth opened at inappropriate times yes. sort of go together. Yes. I don't know which came first, the chicken or the egg, right? Well, right? gravity's pulling on that bone. That You know, that jawbone is connected differently because of the temporomandibular joints, that lower right. jawbone. And yes. so gravity, if the child is somewhat upright against gravity, is constantly pulling down on the jawbone. So we have to do uh, some jaw work with the phasic bite response that the child is born with in order to help the child keep that strengthening and then by three months we move into something called um, well we have mouth toys that are made to be bitten and then and the parent can hold these they're triangles they're called Beckman Beckman tri-chews and they the child uh, himself or herself can chew at where the molars will be. And that is the best way to strengthen a jaw. It sounds too simple to be true, but chewing at that molar area from birth, either on the fleshy part of the finger, uh, as I talk about in the e-course and in the book, or uh, starting to use mouth toys early instead of pacifiers. Oh, yes, um, thank you. Yeah. yeah, and we have a pro, and by five months, a baby should be doing discriminative mouthing. That means taking the fingers throughout the mouth, and uh, you'll see them even do a little biting. They don't hurt themselves on their fingers, uh, and, and they even work their gag back this way. Uh, breastfeeding helps a lot because the gag on the the newborn's tongue is like the back half of the tongue not on the front Um, and so even the breastfeeding pulling the breast deeply into the mouth works the gag back and of course the breastfeeding is going to work the jaw muscles Um, and so it's just such a natural way to keep that jaw strong absolutely absolutely uh diane we only have a couple of minutes left in this segment but I guess I just want to pull this together a little bit because we right. talked a lot about what the baby, what we should be seeing with the baby, and right. what we should not be seeing with the baby. Right. I am blown away by your skill set, knowledge, <laughs> etc. But you know, the truth of the matter is, we don't all have Diane sitting in our backyard somewhere. So, how if I'm if I'm the parent? How do I know if I'm looking for a speech pathologist or an occupational therapist? Uh, Like, how do I figure this out? Well, go on the Feeding Matters site if you're looking for a feeding therapist because that's where you'll find your your trained feeding therapist. In speech pathology and even occupational therapy, we don't get – now, I taught at a university for quite a long time uh, at Loyola in Maryland. But uh, uh – but uh, in a clinical per- 
program. So I was I was on both sides, the teaching and the clinical helping, mm-hmm. sitting but beside. That. Yes. <laughs> but, but feeding matters directory is a good okay. place to look for a feeding therapist. It could be an occupational therapist or speech language pathologist, but not everyone's created equal. Right. So, uh, you know, you need to, uh, my, I think my books help you figure out, um, not that I, you, they're not that expensive, but they help you figure out uh, what you're looking for. Okay. Because it just seems to me like a lot of times parents always assume that the doctor is the one who's going to solve yeah. this. And honestly, the mm-hmm. doctor probably hasn't had even five minutes worth right. of what Diane has been talking about in, right. in this particular episode. You also mentioned baby wearing. And I was just going yeah. to tell our audience that we just had uh, Dr. Rosie Knowles come on and talk about uh uh, the baby wearing, and I wrote a blog post on it. Yay! <laughs> yes, and it's uh, if you want to read that, it's mariebiancuso.com slash blog. But believe me, you want to hear Dr. Knowles. She really goes, she she attacks it a little bit differently than what you just said, uh-huh. but absolutely dovetails with what you said. Uh, she yeah. just has different angles. So, hey, everybody, don't go away. Diane Barr and I will be right back after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash good donor. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. 
Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm Marie Biancuso. And you may be wanting to read more of my blogs at, I'll spell it because I just kind of blew by that a minute ago. It's M-A-R-I-E-B-I-A-N-C-U-Z-Z-O dot com. And I'm here today with Dr., with uh, Diane Barr. And Diane, where I want to go with you right now is, can you talk a little bit about some of these same principles, but instead at the older infant level, we've been primarily talking about the younger. So what happens in the six months neighborhood? Yeah, well, so much. And one reason we stopped, you know, we used to start feeding babies complimentary foods at three months. This was years ago, you know, like baby cereals. But we saw the oral mechanism wasn't ready for it. Uh So somewhere between four and six months is when it starts getting ready. And certainly you're safe by six months. The mouth can do a whole... And particularly if the child is doing their discriminative mouthing with their fingers, with appropriate mouth toys that are made in the U.S. Um, uh, There may be some made in Europe and other places, too, that are safe. Uh, But we know our products here are made uh, particularly for babies to mouth and to do the jaw work we talked about. Uh So anyway, uh, at six months, the baby is ready for spoon feeding. Uh, cup drinking, open cup drinking, not sippy cup. We won't use sippy cups because it holds the tongue down. Mm, and I didn't and, know that. Yeah, it does. And also proper straw drinking, using just the lips. And because a straw sitting in the mouth is like a bottle uh, if the straw goes on the tongue. We, if we started with breastfeeding, we already have the tongue elevating and depressing the front of it with the jaw. So that's where the beginning of your mature swallow is coming in. By 12 months, that baby will intermittently on every texture and liquid elevate the tongue to the alveolar ridge, which is that area right behind your top front teeth. And that's where we initiate our mature swallow. And the tongue cupping that has been learned during breastfeeding uh, is then used to care, and that wave-like motion is used to carry the food back. So it's like one continuation of a process. So at six months, we're going to do the spoon feeding like we talked about, the spoon straight in, let the baby's lips close, 
it's it's going to be a, a spoon with a shallow bowl like the small maroon spoon and then pull straight out or side to side spoon feeding which is something I teach in my course ah, okay. um, yeah which is like when you bedside feed a patient you know you come in from the side and then you switch around so one of the things we need to do is make sure that we're doing things with what my mentor, Suzanne Evans-Morris, who wrote oh, Pre-Feeding Skills. Yes, I thought. Uh, yeah, yeah. She's still my mentor. Oh, and uh, yeah. she wrote Pre-Feeding Skills with Marcia Dunklein, who's oh. also wonderful. And so Suzanne is a speech-language pathologist and Marcia is an OT. But anyway, uh, if you have variations on a theme, so you don't do things always the same way the child will get generalization uh, of skills so the parents I taught yesterday I taught them both a natural spoon feeding method where the spoon goes in the child's lips close they remove the spoon I also taught them a side to side spoon feeding method which was originally developed in my knowledge from my knowledge by Sarah Rosenfeld Johnson and Lori Overland Um, and so uh, they were the ones that really brought that forward and so there are a couple different good spoon feeding methods now cup drinking you know years ago our um, babies who didn't have tubes uh, they came home on open cups uh, because we didn't have so many tubes uh, NG tubes and G tubes and all of that So they came home on open cups, and we have quite a bit of literature, you guys do, about open cup feeding being more like breastfeeding. And there's there's a really good article that I have in my course about a recent article about this. So anyway, uh, with open cup, we just place the open cup, and we have special cups if you want to use them called nosy cups. But it can be like, you know, those plastic... um, Cocktail cups you can nope. get at the grocery nope. store. Absolutely. They're clear. You can see what's happening. You place the cup with water or breast milk on the bottom lip, and you let the child take one sip at a time, and then you work into consecutive swallows. And then with the straw, we use a squeeze bottle. Uh, we have something called a straw bear, but we've forever been using, like, sauce bottles and things. And we just okay. squeeze the liquid up. And just place just the tip of the straw on the baby's lips to teach them to suck from a straw. And you guys, parents at home, uh, whether you're a professional or not, you know what you did. You took a, you trapped a little uh, bit in the end of the straw and let your baby have the liquid yeah, out of the yeah, end of the absolutely. straw. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. so all of that can begin at around six months. And before we leave that topic, I just want to remind people, uh, I think I wrote my first article on cup feeding, oh dear, so many years ago, I can't remember, but I think like 1997. So I'm a big fan of that, but I want to remind people, and Diane just kind of said this, but I want to emphasize, always make sure that you let the baby swallow before yes. you offer him the next gulp. It seems <laughs> it, like like people would know that, but some people don't. Diane, no. before we go today, we, we, we do have to wrap up. Um, sure. Tell us a little bit about your books. Tell us a little bit about yeah. your course. And how do we find you other than yeah. just knocking on your front door here? Okay. Well, you can knock on my front door. I always tell. <laughs> now I'm having 60 to 80 people in a course, and I just say, just don't pull up to my house in a bus. Uh, <laughs> 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 but uh, I'm happy to talk to people. So my email is d 
I B A H R at Cox C O X dot net. You are welcome to email me. And if I can't get back to you right away, I just acknowledge that you're there and let you know when I can get back to you. My website is www.agesandstages.net, but it's all spelled out. We actually have the trademark on ages and stages. So it's A-G-E-S-A-N-D-S-T-A-G-E-S.net. And my phone number is 702-875-2888. And you can text me there as well. But don't everybody, like I say, get on a bus and text me at once. (laughs) How do we get your course, Diane? Okay. Can we sign up online or what? Yeah. If you, well, the e-course you have to request from me. So you have to become a subscriber on our site. Our site is very private and protected. We don't sell information to anybody and we don't have advertisements. Not that that's not a judgment. It's just what we don't do. Um, And so the person needs to subscribe to the site and then email me and let me know you've subscribed and you want the e-course. And then I activate it for you. And you have it for six months. Then my other courses are listed under, uh, you know, the events section or the course section on that website. Okay. Excellent. Well, I think that we all know that you have way, way more information to share with us. You have been a mountain of knowledge. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Diane Barr, for being with us today. You are welcome. Thank you. And thank you, all of you who are listening to me, because, as I said, (laughs) without listeners, we don't have a show. So anyway, uh, thank you for being there. Thank you for listening. Uh, Please take a moment to go and rate our podcast. Share the love. We want other people to know about it. And in the meanwhile, remember that I will see you next week. But until then, your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuso next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby.